Welcome to $2 Steak, a pro wrestling podcast. Uh, I am your host, Aaron Varnum. Joining me today, as always, Cookie. You. Big Mike. Yep. And Tolbert. Hello. And you know, as last time, last June, uh, we, we figured out how to lose some listeners on the podcast. And, and we are going through our annual purge once again on $2 Steak. Last June, we talked about the gays. This June, we're talking about the blacks. We are losing <laughs> listeners left and right here on $2 Steak. Now, actually, we are... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I really didn't think you were going to open like that. Well, I mean, like, Aaron, why didn't you look at Cookie while you said that? Uh, because uh, these headphones are so, like, stuck on my head. So, anyways, this has been, like, when we were putting together I, what we were going to do this week, I have been so just appalled the last two weeks of what's been going on in the country alone that I didn't want to talk about professional wrestling. I didn't want to talk about like... It's kind of hard to get in a joking mood. I, I was you know, not in a joking mood at all. Like things that happened this week really like touched my heart in a way that I'm like, I don't want to like joke around. And I, I, I was going to put off this episode. I was going to, we were going to just air a rerun this week or, or air one of the episodes we kind of have in the can. And you guys talked me into it. I said, all right. And Cookie's like, we're going to do a serious episode. And I said, we're going to try to. And yeah. so, so here we are. Already, already You're starting off very well, man. Starting off this episode different. I mean, listen, like this has been. in. I, I was reading an article this week and they were saying this is the cool period. Quote, unquote, cool period. It, it's the period in, in books and in like history lessons that people are going to be studying oh, years in the future. Like it's yeah. cool to study and learn about. It's not necessarily cool to live in that time period. Yes. But we as Americans, as human beings are living through that time period right now. Yeah. And when we were talking about kind of the, like I, I was talking to people this week and I, you've seen a lot of stuff about police brutality, about racial inequality and you know what's crazy, man? Like, we had an example of it on this show in my neighborhood yeah. this past year. And I, I all I could think about was that time Cookie got pulled over just for being Check. in his car. Yeah, Check, in like, yeah. He was checking his, his text messages and he got pulled over. Yeah. And Cookie, you were terrified. Like, you were telling oh, me, like... Absolutely. I was absolutely terrified. I was just just sitting there. I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was just, well, you and know. It, and it's part. Well, it's one of those things where you know the, the joke is, at least now it's like, coronavirus and racism. You don't believe them if they don't affect you, right? And so yeah, like just having that that general experience like through Cookie, a year ago or not even a year ago, you're just kind of like, no, like that it's real, and and that's kind of I, I felt the same way about about it as you did in terms of like the week and like it's just weird just wait on me the whole week yeah and so you know I, I i've kind of been sitting there like you know i especially now that it's kind of a lot more peaceful across the country and you know i've i've been wanting to go down and like kind of you know do whatever it is you're doing down there and just kind of like represent and you know be present in the moment and you know show people that you know you you agree with them and, and all that sort of stuff and, and i i struggle with that because i can't because i'm still not comfortable going down into large crowds and i 
So, so when I found out like our friends were doing it, you know, I was like, dude, that's awesome. Like, I, I really want you to know that that's really cool. So today, I, I, I think Cookie may be the only person that know that I did this. I also, I've not, and I've never been good in big crowds unless it's WrestleMania or something like that where like I'm going there for a purpose to watch professional wrestling or I'm going there to see a show. Otherwise, like, I, I don't really like crowds. You're not even comfortable when you get there. I'm not comfortable <laughs> when I get there unless I've got like a zanny in me. Um, but I went to the, um, I went to the Dollar General and bought a shit ton of water, like bottles of water, because it was a hot day. It was really hot today. I drove down there. I donated it to it. I talked to the organizers, and I was like, hey, I just want you guys, thank you guys so much for what you're doing. You guys are doing a, a great thing. I want you guys to be safe. I want you guys to be hydrated. It's hot out there. So, like, d doing little things like that just to kind of help out the cause of what's going on in this country to bring that awareness. Yeah, it's, it's, there's been a lot of that this week. I've been downtown every single night since... I wasn't down there Sunday when it really popped off and went crazy, but I've been down there every single night since then. It's been really peaceful. I've been a lot of people, but very well organized. Big shout out to WPD, the way they've been handling things. Yeah. Been pretty chill. Uh, but yeah, lots of people from the community helping out the protest and keeping the movement going. So I went there uh, a couple days ago. You actually marched, right? I didn't march. I watched. I watched. I watched from a street away. Not Look, a street you're away, not going like to be losing any weight that way, Cookie. Well, no, definitely not. But <laughs> <laughs> it's the million man just stand over there. <laughs> um, <laughs> how do you respond to that? I, don't I, don't know don't know. I was like, I Aaron derailed it. Yeah, Sorry. completely derailed it. <laughs> it was my white privilege coming in. Oh man! No, so I went. I went and I saw. Uh, I saw the protesters, and I was shocked at how many white people there were. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I didn't. I didn't know what the dynamic was going to look like. I didn't know what like what I was going to see. And it's a lot of young, white, a lot of females, but it was just a lot of people, and it was it was amazing to watch. Uh, just lost words, man. Honestly, and you, you hear about. And I hope this is the moment. Like this is the time, because this is not the first one. No, that, not, not, not the, the first time one. that yeah, like somebody's just like murdered by a police officer. Right. And I think it's so it was so visual this time because not only was it a clip, not only like Rodney King was a you know a really grainy video of them just beating him up and he didn't die and it sparked that kind of huge thing. That, and then Ferguson happened. Yeah, well, and Ferguson was a little more, but there's still no video. So then you you it compounds because you had the was it a, what was his name um, the oh. guy in Georgia right gets right gunned the down was... in in the street by like a couple of fucking rednecks and then a, a month later you get this eight half minute video of a man getting murdered by a police officer yeah. and until white people start doing something it's nothing's going to change and, and and i think that's that hopefully this is the moment yeah i don't think because you can't t you you can't turn a blind eye to it no because there's no, an eight minute long say, video yeah, like it. i said i've been downtown i haven't been marching cookie i wasn't oh, okay. like where i've been working yeah, no. but uh even standing on the sidelines working you see people out dining at outdoor areas and you see this massive wall of noise here's this massive wall of noise coming down the street and you see all the people and it's right in your face and then you turn on the tv it's still there it forces you to think it puts it right in your face forces you to think about what's going on and that's a good and, thing yeah you know. exactly well and we were talking in our group chat and we had, a, we had a really good discussion over the course of a day honestly um and you know i'm hoping that too with all the videos and all this sort of stuff that 
every time this has happened before, Colin Kaepernick or Ferguson, all this sort of the origination of the Black Lives Matter thing, mm-hmm. those who were opposed to it or those who just didn't care enough or who just thought it was just a thing that wasn't that big of a deal were able to change that narrative. Mm-hmm. And they were able to kind of turn it into something it's not or it wasn't. And I think in today's day and age, everybody's recording everything. And so you're, they were able to kind of turn it around. And so you, you saw those agitators. You saw the provocateurs who were out there purposely breaking windows and trying to incite violence and riots and all this sort of stuff. And over the last week, everything, I mean, you don't see those across the country. And I think hopefully it's because those people realized, hey, we're getting caught doing what we're trying to do. And, you know, that's where, you know, in Philly, they had a massive march. D.C. had a big march today. Wilmington had the biggest group they've had last night. So I'm hoping that steam and that momentum continues. I think that, like, this is a very important time for the American people. And and when everything was kind of happening and and things were kind of stirring, you're seeing people that were pent up from being inside for three months. It's like the perfect, like, mixture of, like... You you know, you still have... 13 to 16% unemployment. So yeah, you have people that either don't have a job that they're worried about because they're fired or they're laid off or furloughed. They don't have anything to do tomorrow. And it's, yeah, it's this kind of like pent up just exasperation of everything. And, you know, people are, I think, hopefully realizing that, you know, something is affecting them and they have the ability to actually go out and do it. Because when we get weighed down by the man, man, and you have a 40 hour week (laughs) job and you got to be at work at 6 a.m. the next day, it is really, it's harder particularly for white people to like go out on a limb and do that sort of thing because you know you're worried about the what ifs and you know what if I get arrested or what if I get you know and I can't go to work tomorrow that sort of thing I'm telling you man like being I have wanted to get off social media for the last two years like the way that social media has been the last two years has been so like I feel like that's a part of my anxiety that like some of the stuff that, that like the weighing down it's like Watching the live protest last weekend on um, the WECT stuff, you're seeing people just say hateful oh, comments terrible. on it, just oh, very yeah. ignorant things. Yeah. And they're sitting from their, they're sitting on their fat, ca- like their fat right. ass on a couch, miles away. Well, they, they ain't social distancing there, and I'm like, oh man, you guys weren't social distancing three when we- you were trying to open yeah, us th- up three weeks ago. Well, this Memorial is, Day. This is what pisses me <laughs> off too. Three weeks ago, you have a bunch of. White dudes marching into a, with guns, with yeah, guns into AR-15. the fucking state house, yeah. and then last weekend they're fucking pepper spraying or yeah. no, they're paintballing people who are sitting on their porch. Yeah, and wh- I mean, what, what was your thoughts when you were seeing uh, the guy from CNN get arrested, or all these videos of these media people just getting brutalized? I, it, it did not hit. Like I, I saw it, and it it affected me because. These are people, like, I worked in news for seven years of my life. I worked in news. I was the cameraman out there with the reporter covering news stories wherever we were at. Uh, one of my best friends uh, is works for NBC, uh, or not NBC, CBS, like, national news. He is on every 6 o'clock broadcast. And it didn't get me until one of our friends wrote, that could have been you, Aaron. And like, I'm thinking like, you know, you're right. Two different choices in my career. And I could have been that guy out there 
at these protests. Getting tear gassed. I could have been the guy getting tear gassed with my camera, you know? Like, yeah. Seeing the media get hit with with rubber bullets is, is a tough sell for somebody that's been out in the shit and, like, been that sort of thing. Like, it is a very scary place to be in America right now. I remember... Was it Wednesday that I was like freaking out about that the, the, about the president's address? Um, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, we he, can hear the just shots in the background. So I'm watching like, it, <laughs> and granted, I'm I'm more liberal minded than a lot of people, and I'm watching CNN's feed of it, and CNN literally had a split screen of what was going on on the protests on the right. And then on the left side of the screen, they were having the president's address. And the president walks up to the podium and he starts talking. And shit starts happening in the protest. And you're watching it and you're like, wait a minute. They are literally shooting bullets and tear gassing these protesters while he's talking about law and order, <laughs> trying to get like to bring in the military. And I'm like freaking out. I'm like, this is what I'm, I've seen in the Purge movies, what I've seen in like all these like horror movies of... of a dystopian future. About to grab the go bag and the machete. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm texting, I'm texting the group. I'm like, this is it, guys. This is weird. About to get real. But this honestly, shit is getting down. Honestly, we need that. We need white people to be scared a little bit, right? You know, because if I'm parked on the side of the road trying to pull up my GPS, cops aren't going to do shit. No. Well, you're also six foot four. And no, but it's you know, you know what I mean, though. Like, <laughs> I know, I know exactly what you like, mean. You, like. And not again. Not all cops are bad, but it, no. it becomes a systemic thing, and that's what we were, we were we were talking about in our group chat. It's like it's not singular incident incidents. Yeah. It's the fact that in that group of four people that were arresting George Floyd, one of those guys was a rookie, and one of those guys it was his fourth day on the job. That's insane. And they're not going to stand up to a 19 year veteran. No, no. And it's and it's and I get frustrated because so it's that it's that. That kind of not clickish, but it is. It's this like hierarchical kind of thing where you, you don't you don't speak up to the guy who's been there longer than you. Well, it definitely is clickish too because it, those fifty seven guys from Buffalo this week when they they all decided to to step down once those two guys got called out and, for pushing and, that guy over. And the, and that's the thing. It's like until and then and they only quit some special task force. They didn't right. quit the force, but that's but, still. But the fact that you still see that and it's still so, it's like that's what we're fighting against. Like that's what is wrong with America currently. You know what? Something I saw interest that was interesting was the fact that police officers only have to have like eight hundred and fifty hours of training. That's insane. It's, which is insane. That's it. Just yeah. about eight hundred. You, you don't hours. even need a college degree. You can get. You can come from the like middle of butt fuck nowhere. Yeah. Never met a black person in your life. You can move to Wrightsville Beach yeah. and get a job as a police officer. And right there, like, and you, you know what a barber a barber has to go through about fifteen hundred hours. 1500 compared to 850. What got me was I was reading something online similar to that cookie. Yeah. And, you know, it was this picture of a Marine and he had a can of dip in his mouth and he's like ragged. He probably hasn't showered and all this sort of stuff. And it's like saying, like, you know, if they can detain this suspect in a foreign country and not kill him, like, why can't police officers do that? Or like, or, or I saw on my Facebook somebody was like, you know, I did two tours in Afghanistan and killed less people than that guy in Minneapolis. Jesus. That's the scary thing about it, man. To be serious, I mean, it's it's scary to be black. It's, it's, the, it's, it's the honest truth. I mean, like, I go outside and I'm like, what could happen? What could happen? Like, I had a cop right behind me when I was on the way to your house, right? And, and I was freaking out a little bit. I was just like, damn, 
Like he could pull me over right now. Like this could be it. And like, that, that, that's the scariest thing. And then, and that's the thing. Majority of people's interactions with cops aren't great because you're no. getting pulled over, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, you to live in that kind of and I'll never know that. Exactly. I have I have patients. I've treated patients. You know, and, I, and the thing I like about my job is. I treat everybody from multitudes of backgrounds and regardless. Like I, I've, I've treated old money Southern people, and I've treated you know guys who collect cans to get their food for the day, and to yeah, you just don't understand that kind of rational kind of thing. And you, some of these older white people are like, oh, I, w- I wouldn't go to that part of town. That's a bad part of town. It's like when I drive through there, like you know, I lock my doors and roll my windows, and it's like. What do you think black people feel when they're near cops? Like that's, that's exactly, the, the, yeah. f- or the when they're in the white part of town, yeah. and and people are looking at them. Yeah, exactly. Like, what are you doing here? I mean, the, it's just it's so frustrating, and like I, I get so upset because I feel like I can't do much. I can't do like because, and I, I'm guilty of it. I'm I'm that white guy, and I got a job, and I got a family, and I'm like I can't go down to the protest and mm-hmm. march and. Because yeah, if I get arrested, like I don't go to work tomorrow, right? And so like and you've I, got two kids, I, and I feel guilty because of that. But and we're doing something now, and that's the good thing about it is that we're using our platform now. I, and that's it. yeah, we don't we joke we have a small platform, but you know if this just helps, you know, one encur- encourage one person or you know change one mindset. I really hope that actually, you know, I, I think it would be beneficial, and that's why I was pretty adamant about us doing something, right? Yeah, and we still can do something, and I mean, I guess even after the protests are over, you know, just. If someone says something wrong, stand up. Yeah, well, and that, like I'm guilty of it. Like being a bartender, I hear it, and it still surprises me day in, day out. Like yeah. some of the stuff, you know, people saying. Sometimes you're like, "All right, I'm just gonna pretend I didn't hear that and move yeah. on," you know. Yeah. Or from a family member at Christmas time, or anything, you know. Just, yeah. just say, "Hey, man, that's you know, don't be silent. Just say, "Hey, that's not right." And it, it's funny, it's it, a new era. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron was talking about like social media and all this sort of stuff, and I've. I've not done it fully on social media, but I have started just being that guy that's like, you're full of shit. I and did that like, last and night. Just, and just like, just calling people out. I did it, you know, to a family member on a coronavirus. And then like, I'm, I'm willing to do that. And I think that's where, where I'm going to kind of make my stand a little bit is, you know, it's taking me, I'm an introvert. I don't like conflict as much and all this sort of stuff, but you know, I'm going to try to start calling bullshit when I see it. I did it last night. Some guy was like sending out like the traditional, like, Oh, this is black on black crime. Like, well, this is black on white crime, and and like, I it just didn't feel right. And I like looked, and I'm going on all these stuff, and like, his numbers were not like numbers that that are vetted, you know? Yeah. yeah. So like, I I rebutted, and I like sent him this big article on how that's like a, a very that it is a tactic that white supremacy uses to do stuff, like to to recruit. To instill that fear into people, and and if you just call people out for shit like that, like just little things, the guy it goes like, a long way. It makes, it, you it know, makes didn't people, respond, but yeah. like still, somebody else it might saw make it. Him stop and think just yeah. for a second. You know, That's, I'll tell you one thing that I do like though is that social media has brought some stuff to light. Like one of the things was the UNCW stuff. Like oh my god, UNCW, oh my god. UNCW posted some stuff that was not. 
it, it didn't highlight what was going on in the world. It, right. They tried to go around it and say, like, you know, post something happy that you're feeling right now or, like, you know, bullshit like that. Yeah. And we called them out on it. I was one of the people that called them out on it. And with, when that happened, Mike Adams, it started oh, to trickle down the whole Mike Adams thing. If, had we done an episode, I just found out. I, I go to UNCW. I just found out about this guy. I do, too. Oh, you've never he, heard of Mike I was going to cut a promo on Mike Adams. <laughs> oh. on you you know what's funny? This week, I didn't even get to this say like it. The fifth time I've been, like, name. I've been <laughs> reading on Twitter his all of his tweets, and I, like, look at followers. Cookie's one of his followers on Twitter. <laughs> oh yeah, I want to see the shit. He, I want to see what he yeah, writes, yeah. man. I lo- I, I want to see it just so I can, you know. I was like, it. oh okay, Cookie. But, no, yeah. but, but we we need that because it's like we need him to fuck up in some way that they can fire his ass because he's got tenure. So he and he does it in, on as a guise to to he's you a know, criminal justice. Yeah, guy. yeah. To like. I don't know. It's satirical and all that stuff. I was like, dude, you use a racist slur. You you, yeah. you said Massa Cooper. Yeah, like that's racist as fuck. Yeah. That's not satire, and you're a known racist. So like, to do that, oh my gosh. And anyway, yeah, he's, he's a troll, man. By the he's way, if you don't know troll. that what we're talking about, Mike Adams is a Mike S. Adams is a yeah. is a sociology. He's a criminology professor at UNCW. Anthropology. He is. He's a. We we we. Poke fun at Brad Shepard for being a weasel, but he's like he's like low level weasel. Mike Adams is a piece of shit, <laughs> like snake, rotting man. garbage person. He's like, like final he, boss weasel. He, he yeah. literally, he's that type of guy who like he hasn't published anything in twenty years. He sued the university and said that they were discriminating against him because he's conservative. And it's like yeah. no, they're discriminating against you. They're not even discriminating against you. Why would they want to promote and like raise up in the ranks a fucking asshole, a racist asshole? That's what pisses me off. And you know. And, you know, we can't change everything, but I'm, I'm just hoping that, you know, through this and calling people out and making and bringing it to light. And that's the one thing with social media is, you know, and I retweeted like Big E had this great yeah. kind of, kind oh, of yeah, thing yeah. and like a whole long tweet chain. And I retweeted all of them and we did lose a follower or two. And well, but like I'm I'm doing my I'm trying to like if I see something that really hits me like I'm trying to retweet that because you know yeah, we have same, 300 followers same. but you know again if it just one person sees it and thinks for a second about it and this exactly. week I I reposted Run the Jewels came out with a new album this week I've been listening to so Run the Jewels all it's week it's been so good oh it's my so god good. I've been blasting all the albums that, and smoking joints all week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Sorry. what Tolbert's doing <laughs> you guys you guys didn't see it but Tolbert just <laughs> rose <laughs> raised his, his fist. <laughs> That is fucking great. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I was. I've been listening to that album this week. I've been like, I'm what? so glad you told me about it, man. It's such a good album. Uh, like, can it's you just... can you educate me, the guy who doesn't listen to music? So, Killer Mike, did, did yeah, you see did, that speech? Dude, Killer Mike's speech. He's a rapper. Spot on. Like, so, I when you tweeted that out, I think it was you. Or yeah. No, you texted to the group. Yeah. I was like, listen, like listen to it on the way home. I was like, this is how I feel, 100. Yeah. percent So, Killer Mike. Is one of my favorite rappers. I've loved Run the Jewels. I like the Dungeon Family. I I listen to a lot of rap music, even though I look like I don't. <laughs> and I see that Three Six Mafia record I, there. I love Three Three Six Mafia. I I want to thank every black man that I have for getting me on to rap music. When I was in high school, I was the kid sitting in my locker listening to Knock If You Buck Hell yeah. oh, man. and getting so fucking pumped to go tackle a motherfucker. Hell yeah. And I'm, I am like, this music was just instilled to me at a young right. age. When I, when I got to college, there was a guy, there was a black guy on the team that took me under his wing. Yeah. And when 3-6 Mafia's album, The Most Known Unknowns came out, he grabbed my ass, that, and we listened to Young Jeezy's first album. 
and we went to go to fucking Church's Chicken, and we got a two-piece <laughs> with a fucking strawberry Fanta, and we sat there, and we listened to 3-6 Mafia. Hell yeah. And that music got me so pumped, and I loved it. Never since then, like, rap music has, like... It's it's what I like to listen to. I, I listen to 80s music. I listen to heavy metal. I listen to all that shit, but I really enjoy good rap music. And uh, so Run the Jewels, Killer Mike and LP. LP is like a backpack rapper. He's a white guy from, from New York. I've been following his stuff back when I was like listening to the indie rap stuff, trying yeah. to be the cool guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to. I always wanted to wear your glasses, Cookie. Those horn rim glasses. <laughs> Too bad my eyesight's twenty fucking twenty, and I, I, I can't. I can't have glasses. I always wanted to be that guy wearing a, you know, listen a, a to scarf. Logic or someone yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. So I've been following LP. So they, LP and Killer Mike got together. They started making an album. Like LP, okay, getting with Killer Mike, a member of Dungeon Family. The the the. The Outcast and the CeeLo yeah, and the Goody Mob and all that stuff. Man. So they got together and their albums are very political because Killer Mike is a very political person. LP is a very political person. And together they have made like LP does the production. He does a lot of the music in it. And it's just it's very inspirational in a time like this. Yeah, I, I, I will listen to it on my walks and the whole time yeah. I'm like, I'm going to punch a motherfucker. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm walking around my neighborhood. Let some racist come up to me. I can't wait to see it's Karen. It's Sunset Park. I want a racist or a cop come up to me in Sunset Park. I'm going to punch him. I'm not, I'm not going to punch, I'm not going to punch anybody. But, but like, it just, it's music. And honestly, the last week before all this shit went down, I was like, if I were a wrestler, Run the Jewels would be my theme <laughs> yeah. song. Like, that would be my walkout music. That's their one wrestling thing of the day. So enjoy that, kids. Oh, so anyways, I tweeted that out. Donate. Like, so the album came out for free this week. Oh, okay. And if you wanted to donate money to it and, like, pay for the album, the money you donated went to a charity, a Black Lives Matter charity, or an organization helped, like, to, to organize people to give supplies and stuff like that. So I just think yeah. it was like a cool gesture by Killer Mike and LP. That's one thing he said. I watched his uh, Colbert interview. Oh my he God, said, it was so it good. It was so good. He said, if you really want to help, you don't know what to do. Donate to a charity that's already established and been put into place, already helping the community. He said, right. go that route if you don't know what to do. And, and donate. That's what I've been doing this week. I got a, I got a paycheck this week. I had a little bit extra money. I wanted to donate. I wanted to give water to the people today. I bought a shirt that I knew all the proceeds would go to a Black Lives Matter thing. And I I have been so appreciative of black culture my entire life. Like, I, I grew up in, in middle-class Wilmington, North Carolina. You know, it's not like... It's not the most, like, urban environment, but I always had... All my friends were of different races like I had white friends I had black friends and it was a good thing because my parents were very open-minded about everything I was not raised in a racist family and playing sports especially contact sports yeah. you, there is a brotherhood between yeah. everybody on the field with you oh for sure I'm even on the with field, our rugby team alone yeah. like it's so I mean it's diverse I would sure. you know like yeah, for I, sure. <laughs> I'm gonna go out there and I'm if if only like Cookie got in a fight, so I could score a seventy-five-yard try that time. You know? <laughs> yeah, you I had your back. That Cookie time. had my back. I that had your time. back. <laughs> I want to see you score. Thank you, Cookie. Damn right. But but there is a brotherhood there, and I always had that 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 brotherhood. I was always like hanging out with everybody, and 
We had racist kids on our team. Like we, we're in, the, you know, in the south. Yeah, in I the mean, south. We we had kids that's dads were like, well, the in were like, and well, yeah, say, and that's where like they they may not be racist, but they were probably raised or you know come, came from a culturally right like siloed community in western wherever they came from, and that's you know that's the nice thing about a team sport like rugby or I mean the nice thing about just going to college because you can you kind of absorb all this sort of stuff I and mean, one of one of the guys in our, our group chat said you know he came from a town like that and shared probably similar beliefs and you, you and it may not be that you're going to call a black guy the n-word right but you you know have these preconceived if you've never seen a black person yeah. in person like and but but that's where you know people getting out of their element and like kind of exploring, traveling, going to college, playing group sports. It's really important to kind of do that sort of stuff because otherwise you just get into this like cyclical kind of thing, and you know you're, you're forming opinions about groups and all that sort of stuff that you know nothing about. Oh, wrestling fans, I still fucking hate. I will tell <laughs> yeah, you, that. Well, you know a lot. We know a lot about wrestling fans. <laughs> Except for the ones that listen to Two Dollar Steak, a pro wrestling podcast, every the Tuesday, first, nor the last time he ever says that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, man, I think it's been good, and it, and it's been a it, it's been a good time. Also, I mean, like in professional wrestling, people have been vocal on professional wrestling Twitter. Like you're seeing a lot of cool things out there. The the revival. I know we we stand over the revival every single week. They're one yeah. of our favorite tag teams. They had an auction on Friday. Yeah. Did you buy anything? Dude, I can't afford that shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, like uh, two pairs of their trunks went for a thousand dollars. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Fuck. And I'm like, uh, you guys, you, you dude, I'm fine, dude. <laughs> David and Daniel, y'all can keep your trunks, man. I'm not paying a thousand dollars. But all the money that they got from that, they didn't pocket. They have donated it to a charity, a Black Lives Matter charity. That's awesome, man. So I like. There's little things you can do. You can be active. You can be... It, it's not... If you don't go to the march, it doesn't mean you're a racist. Yeah. You know? Well, and that's... It, I, mean, it, I, oh, I, I posted a, a thing on Facebook. Again, I don't... I haven't been... I used to never post anything on Facebook, but I've been a little bit more vocal around these sorts of things. And I mean, I, I posted an op-ed and from the New York Times. I basically just said, if you feel like voting is inadequate don't feel that way like that's how we're going to actually start changing these sorts right. of things because ultimately if you want to hold this systemic kind of police brotherhood accountable the only time you can do it is retroactively and it has to be from a judge well guess what you get to actually vote for judges so you know educate yourself and that sort of stuff and, and try to change it that way too you know it's your american right if you're an 18 year old individual in america you get the, the, the right and the opportunity to vote and it didn't actually used to be that way i mean Right now, Cookie wouldn't be allowed to vote for multiple reasons. He he's black. He doesn't own property, like that sort of stuff. Like we, yeah. as white males who own houses, would get that opportunity. So we they've the, generations before us have fought for these these rights, and we actually need to utilize those. Mm-hmm. I posted two things um, on social media. One thing was about systemic racism, which I think education is huge. Like people need to be educated. The other thing I posted was about all lives matter. Um, and it's just that some people don't understand that the all lives matter thing. Like we get it, obviously all lives do matter. Right. Yeah. But like when I, when I, I think it hit it right on the head, the cartoon that I posted, because it explained that yes, all lives matter, but black lives matter right now. That's the, that's the biggest thing is that like, we get it. Of course they do matter. Every, all lives do matter. Black lives matter right now. Um, 
And it doesn't make you a hypocrite if you change your mind and you're like, oh, okay, I get it from your perspective now. Because perspective is the biggest thing. Like, people don't understand our perspective and we're trying, like, ultimately we want to educate you guys. Like, right. And, and just so you guys understand where we're coming from. Um, and I think that cartoon just kind of hit it right on the well, head. Yeah. Was it that cartoon? Or I saw another one too. It's like, yeah, black lives matter, all lives matter, but black lives are at risk. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, like that's yes. the that's the sort of thing. And yeah. some one of our friends also posted something, and I I'll paraphrase it, but it essentially, it was like if somebody comes up to you and says, "My grandma just died," and you go, "Well, all grandmas die," that it doesn't yeah. just just because it's technically right doesn't mean yeah. it, it, it's like comforting or and like you clearly that's a cold statement to make. Exactly, like, you would never do that. Yeah, you would and, never. And, do and that. that's exactly what's happening right now with the whole "All Lives Matter" thing. It's like you just kind of cutting us out of it and, and that right. goes that goes yeah. back to what i was saying earlier is like people just try to change the narrative exactly like yeah. like just because yeah i i just get so frustrated about it i do too i do too hey, man. but you know what man like things are happening and i hope they continue yeah. to happen I, I hope this shit happens every day through november through yeah. december through till that something actually changes yeah. and, and, and if not anything it is bringing issues to the forefront that we have swept under the rug for decades and decades oh my god do you know what the okay so like the black wall street massacre have you ever heard of that yes 1921 killer mike did an episode of that exactly on uh trigger warning yeah exactly have you ever heard of the wilmington coup yeah a lot of people don't know about google that the the first and only successful coup of a government in the on united states soil happened in wilmington north carolina yeah was it 1898 so the black community in Wilmington was thriving. They had a bunch of like um, the mayor and a bunch of representatives in the state house and all this sort of stuff. And the huge thriving black community. And it was the, it was the, Hugh McGray and all those other people. It was got, the secret nine. The, and, but but it was, it was the, the editor at the local paper kept, yeah. kept running like, like and talking about like, yeah, you know, how great they're doing all this sort of stuff. And a bunch of white supremacists were like, destroy your paper and get the fuck out of town. Mm-hmm. And then, he was like, no. So they literally riot a bunch of white people rioted, cooed the fucking city, and and that's the that's the sort of thing. And like people talk about, you know, go back to like black on black crime, and you know, economically and socially, most black communities are underserved or underfunded, or they're just generally poorer. And it's and it's not necessarily because they don't care, but. The, they they started so behind, so far behind yeah. because of stuff like that. Systemic uh, racism. Yeah, exactly. Systemic racism, mm-hmm. and and that's again, you know, people they don't teach you that in school. There's no, a really good never, documentary never, by a black local black filmmaker about the Wilmington coup. Yeah, it's really interesting. It was that, a good did watch. they they did that during the Kukaloris Film Festival? They did. I think. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's one thing I like that a lot of the protests in Wilmington have either started or ended at that spot at that courthouse. Yeah. yeah. Like where it happened. It's. Really? I mean, it's neat, wow. man. Like seeing all the history here. Like I'm. I am proud to be from Wilmington, North Carolina. Like it is. Like it. It is an interesting place with some amazing history. My family's been in this area since the 16 and 1700s. Like it. It, it is an true. area that like. Like I take a lot of pride in and and seeing the social activism here in Wilmington and seeing just just people speaking up, you know, yeah. people that I grew up with. I'm seeing them online, like fighting the good fight and, yeah. and 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 calling people out. Like 
it is a good place to be, and this is a cool time to be yeah, alive. That's what we need to do. We need to just generally be a good person, mm-hmm. speak up against you know what's wrong, pay attention to what's going on in your community, and like you said, vote for change. Yeah, educate. Just, yeah. like yeah, yeah, just, just, just be open-minded. Just be open-minded. Pay attention to what's going on around the community. Yeah, yeah. open-minded for sure. Because like you were saying, people are so scared sometimes that about changing their their thoughts or their mindset or yeah. or their opinions and that's one thing i hate particularly at the highest level of like politics it's like if if you said something in 1988 they hold you accountable for that and it's like yes you should be held accountable but if you change your mind or if you change the way it's you view growth. something yeah it's that's you're growing it if you're the same person you were 30 years ago what does that say about you right exactly all right well this has well, been we oh i'm sorry can you go ahead no no go ahead all right, oh, Cookie, Cookie's uh, adjusting his seat right now. <laughs> <laughs> Cookie's about to, he's about to no, no, talk no, no, to no, him. No, 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 it's just that, like, I just want to thank all of you guys for always making me feel welcomed. Like, even in the rugby community, man, I've always felt welcome. I was never worried about anything. Like, coming down to Wilmington, I had no clue about anything, about rugby, about, I had no no friends down here. So, when I found rugby, I was just so happy that, like, nobody's, like, racist. No, no one's, like, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it right now, but like, well, when you when you're fighting bit. with somebody, when you're battling with them, yeah, you create this bond that this is so it's so hard to kind of you know break. And that, yeah, yeah I, I I would agree with you there. But I mean, it always just like it, I don't know. It just always made me feel good. It always made me feel like you know I had a place. And I'm I'm, I'm I don't know. I'm just so happy about that. I'm so happy about. You know, when I went downtown and I saw the protesters, like there was, like I said, it was like 80% white and they were fighting for us. They were fighting for, you know, my people. And they were doing stuff that like we can't do for ourselves because if we do that, it could be a completely different story. It could be like fucking anarchy almost. But like, you know, I don't know. I'm just so happy that the people are out there protesting and just speaking their mind, man. The last year and a half, like these... These four guys that are sitting in this room, yeah. like I have become closer with you guys yeah. than I have with like it. It is talking about wrestling. Like we we share interests together. We share like rugby games together. Yeah. We're we're watching wrestling together and eating food and just talking and getting to know you guys over the past year and a half. Oh, since I started playing rugby since 2017, mm-hmm. you know, like it has been such a good thing and. Cookie, you're one of my best friends. Like, like it, it, it's one hundred percent. Like, I enjoy talking and hearing your perspective on anything. Yeah. You know, so it it has been. We're glad to have you with us, Cookie. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's just it's never been about race, man. That was the biggest thing about when it came to rugby, when it came to this podcast. Like, nothing was ever about race. It's just about having a good time, right? That's it. Just having a good time, and, and that's you, what more people should be like that. And I mean, like, I, I guess we could even say that you popped a bubble this week. Like you, you I did, I did. That was you my popped first a bubble. Protest. That was your first protest. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There's another wrestling. There, there we go. go. Another podcast thing. All right. So on this week's episode, uh, if if you've listened to this whole thing, we thank you, and we we love each and every one of our listeners, except for the wrestling fans, because we hate wrestling fans. I'm just kidding. Like I'm literally <laughs> just kidding. We we are all wrestling fans in this room. But um, thank you guys for listening this week. We will have a regular episode next week. We will be back to, to jokey ha-ha talking about professional wrestling. Tolbert will get high and talk about uh, a really terrible wrestling match. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cookie will we'll watch two Japanese guys beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. 
Mike will talk about stuff he doesn't know, like the names for the wrestling moves. I'll make fun of everybody and also get made fun of. It'll be a, a regular $2 steak. Thank you guys for listening. Zane, I hope we uh, will find that link to your match at some point. Like Maybe we can talk about that at some time. But thank you for listening to $2 Steak, a pro wrestling podcast.